You are listening to the 12 Stone Podcast. For more information on our eight locations or service times, please visit 12stone.com. Now enjoy Pastor Kevin Myers as he delivers Super Bowl 2020. Eight months ago, Travis Billman was given the opportunity to prove his mettle in the podcast world with Tell Me More, a 12 Stone Church podcast, where he interviewed some of the brightest minds in the area. Leaders like Ernie Johnson Jr., that guy from The Walking Dead, and senior pastor and best-selling author, Kevin Myers. And what did Travis do? All he did was knock it out of the park with thousands upon thousands of downloads. And now, Travis is hungry. Hungry for the next mountain to conquer. A mountain called the Super Bowl message at 12 Stone Church. That's right. The time is here. The time is now. There is one man who will bring joy and tears to the masses on Super Bowl Sunday, and that man is Travis Billman. So, what do you think? Oh, come on, please. Pretty, pretty, please, I'll never ask for anything again. I'll watch your motorcycle. I'm just asking for 40 minutes. I'll give you half. Yes! Deal! <laughs> it's official! Woo! I think I just made a big mistake. Yeah, you did! <laughs> well, good morning, everyone! Wow! Yeah. You're gonna realize you shouldn't have uh, applauded later in the service. Uh, hey, we are so glad to have all of you here, here online, if you're watching uh, online, if you're streaming it, if you're watching it at our, uh, at our campuses, we're so glad that you're with us. Thank you for joining us on Super Bowl Sunday. It, this is me, I, me being up here is like a dream come true. It's a dream and a nightmare coming true at the same time. A dream for me, a nightmare for Kevin. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I honestly did not think that this was even going to happen because, a little known fact, Pastor Kevin actually talked about this exact moment like eight years ago at our 25th anniversary, and let me set the stage for you, this really happened, it's crazy. Uh, so we were talking about the Good Samaritan, we were talking about this concept of getting off your donkey and serve someone, and, uh, and so I brought out a little visual analogy, I brought out his son Jaden on a donkey out into the arena and uh, shared a little devotional about the Good Samaritan, and this was PK's response. Well, actually, Travis brought the word there, huh? How about that for Travis? Maybe we need to put Travis up on some weekend to teach. What do you think? It's not gonna happen. Don't care how long you cheer. <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> Tables have turned. Ah. <laughs> well, hey, I only have a half the teaching. I don't want to waste it bragging about how I broke him down over the last eight years. Uh, but here's where we're going today. As you know, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and as we talked about, this is the day that we celebrate, we remember, and uh, it's kind of a highlight. And so I want to take the opportunity to highlight some of the stories that have been coming out of all of our campuses about how God is transforming souls and families and communities. But I'm self-aware enough to know that if I were just to speak for 20 minutes straight, there's a 95% chance I would say something that would get myself fired. So 
What I'm going to do is I'm going to invite out a couple friends to join me for a little conversation here as we share some stories in a conversation that you get to join us in. So would you give a big Super Bowl welcome to Jason Berry and Miles Welch. Come on out, guys. Yeah. Hey. Man. How you doing? Congratulations. Um, what's up? <laughs> yeah. One time I got one shot. Don't yeah. screw this up for me. All right. <laughs> Actually, I might. I need to stop for a second. Sure, sure. I have okay. to. I have to uh, make twenty dollars really fast. If that's Please. okay. Um, my brother is uh, at home with two sick kids, and he couldn't come to church, so he's watching online. And right? he bet me twenty dollars that I wouldn't give him a shout out. And so, hi, Josh. That's twenty dollars. <laughs> Thank you. That makes wow. me happy. Hold on. Uh, hi, Josh. I owe me 20 bucks, too. So. <laughs> Jump nice. in on it, man. Yeah. 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 All in, all Triple in. Triple down. <laughs> Triple down, poor guy. He's got two sick kids, and now he owes 60 bucks. So, hey. That's his problem. That's his problem. Hey. Uh, I'm really excited to have you guys here because I know that you guys have heard tons of stories as we all have. We've been sharing them, but the reality is across all eight of our campuses, sometimes it's hard for us to be able to hear all the stories that are happening across all our locations and get a little segmented off. And this is an opportunity for us to share, but um, God's been doing something unique in who we are as a church. And uh, we've been kind of talking about something called an awakening the last couple of years, and it seems like God is pressing play on that. But what I'm curious about is to hear kind of your perspective of how uh, you're, uh, where you're at in the position here at 12 Stone, how it's impacted uh, your world, and kind of the stories that would just come out of the change that's happening, because something different is happening here at 12 yeah. Stone. Yeah, it really is. Um, I'll tell you, from where I sit, Travis, um, you know, I get to go off to colleges and recruit residents, and so I'll be in classrooms talking to, to uh, college students, and inevitably they'll ask, tell us about 12 Stone, and, and you know, what's it like? And so, for me, that's super exciting, because I get to just talk about what God is doing here, and, and these students, you know, they, for, for many of them, for many people, church is an experience that's like, Get through an hour and then get on with your day, right? I mean, that's, that's what church is for a lot of people. But when I start talking and sharing about what God is doing in, like, like what God did among us for knockout hunger or uh, re-engage, how God, there's a revival in marriages. It's unbelievable what God is doing here in student ministry. Like, we're not just, you know, throwing pizzas at kids and giving them a laser light show to get them on the show up. We're discipling students uh, among us. What, what God is doing in our special needs ministry, it's so cool. You know, we have 40 families now. And we started uh, are, with how many? We started with, I mean, we just started like, with, yeah. with a few. Yeah. 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 And, and it's just right that a church would be doing things like that. Uh, and what God is doing on Sunday morning, it's, it's, it's 21 days of prayer. So I start talking about this stuff, and when I get done, they're like, okay, how do we be a part of that? Yeah. And, and I, I just, I, every time I'm so grateful uh, for what God is doing, and I'm just proud. I'm proud of him. I'm proud That's of awesome. what's happening here. And, and just to, to go back to um, the special needs ministries, if I'm not mistaken, you said that 18 of those 40 couples right. are brand new to 12 Stone. Yeah, 18. So this is an opportunity. Brand new to our church, yeah. Yeah, yeah which sure. is an opportunity for us to serve them in a unique way. And uh, let's, let's kind of go to 21 Days of Prayer. You mentioned that because we just ended it with an amazing night of worship. I, I, I streamed it on my way into church as I was driving. Wouldn't suggest it. Uh, but I was, only, I was only listening. And I'm like, I'm like, God is so good. Don't die. You know, as I'm driving here, uh, it was an amazing night. Um, but that culminated 21 days of what God has been doing. So uh, share some of the stories that have been just come out of the last three weeks of this 21 days of prayer kicking off 2020. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times I'm walking around a supermarket and someone just grabs me and says, 
God has transformed my life over these 21 days. Every Sunday, I bump into someone at, at a campus, and they're going, I, I am being radically transformed by what Jesus is doing in my life through this structured, consistent time with him. Uh, the two stories that rise to the top for me that just that are unbelievable, one is a, it's a guy named Oliver from the Bethlehem campus. And so he, he entered 21 days saying, I want more of God. He would say, I, I've been in church, I've done the thing, whatever you call that for decades of my life. But he went into 21 days saying, God, I want to experience your presence. Like, I need whatever mm -hmm. the more is. I, mm -hmm. I'm looking for that. Mm -hmm. And so he goes through the first six days of 21 days of prayer, and he's just getting tired. And he's like, God, I, I need something. Yeah. And day seven comes, and it's the end of the prayer time, and he has sort of a stirring. But what you have to know about Oliver is he's a Marine. Mm -hmm. And Marines are a different breed. Miles, uh, I'm, I'm sitting sure next to mean. one yeah. Miles. <laughs> uh, right now, a former Marine. And actually, there's no such thing as former Marines, I've, I'm told, uh, every time Just I say Marines. that around Miles. Just the Marines. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> and, the, and the thing about Marines is, uh, is they, don't, they don't know how to quit, right? I mean, Yeah, well, so we don't surrender, that's for sure. We, the Marines, in the history of the Marines, we've never surrendered. We have fought in a new direction. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we don't, you know, we, we will bend a knee to rest. We won't bend to, yeah. so to surrender. So put Oliver in that place. So Oliver's at the end of the seventh day of prayer, and he feels like God's telling him to bow. And that's a moment for him that that's, he's not accustomed to. And so he gets down on one knee, as a Marine would, mm -hmm. and it was like the Spirit of God whispered, no, I want you to surrender. I, I want all of you. And as he slid his second knee down, he felt the presence of God just sort of wash over him, and he starts to weep in that moment. And he would say that moment was transformative in his spiritual journey, and he experienced the presence of God. And that's, I mean, that's one of thousands of people that engaged. And then the second one comes from an eight-year-old, and I love this, because <laughs> kids, kids sometimes lead us. They just, they just go, well, if that's what God says, then let's do it. Yeah. Uh, so eight-year-old uh, kid at the Sugarloaf campus, and uh, in children's ministry, if you guys didn't know this, um, we, we try to include kids in everything we do. They're not like off to the side in childcare. We're inviting them into this journey with us. Uh, this is their church too. It's not just ours. And so we invited the kids at the, at the beginning of 21 Days of Prayer, we invited them to actually write down their own prayer requests. And so uh, in children's ministry, all these kids are doing that. And Oliver just sort of struck him. Not Oliver, this little boy. It struck him and he said, uh, Mom, I want to go to the dollar store after church. And the mom's like... Are we getting like another toy that breaks in 15 mm -hmm. minutes? Like, what are we doing? Um, and he said, I want three by five cards. And so they go to the dollar store. He gets three by five cards. And he goes into his classroom on Monday. And he, and he gets in front of his friends and said, listen, my church is praying for 21 days. And I want to invite you to write your prayer request down. And I'm going to pray for those all 21 days. It's just a picture of what God's doing in the next generation. So good. So good. Freaking kids, man. <laughs> He is so much better than us, it's scary. <laughs> yeah, man. He's running it's like him and me somewhere around here. Yeah. Golly. Well, and the, kind of the rooted in prayer thing continues. Uh, even this morning, um, I'm kind of blown away by this still. Um, my mom uh, came to church. She was feeling, uh, just feeling bad in her body and, and tell, told the ushers, and two of the ushers prayed for her. She said all the pain left uh, her body, and she was glowing. And yeah, my mom was speechless. And if you know my mom, that's a big deal. Um, it was awesome. <laughs> She's not in this service. She's not in this love service. Love you, mom. Yeah, yeah love Seriously, you, mom. Love yeah. You. Um, and then, uh, like, like what God did during 21 days uh, yeah. online through Jeez. the uh, YouTube uh, yeah. chat was unbelievable, right? I mean, no doubt. This was the church. I love this. This is the church uh, coming around each other as family 
and praying over one another. You can kind of see it play out in a number of ways. This is just one story. Um, so this was uh, somebody who said, please pray for my family as, as my husband decided to not work towards restoration but instead get divorced. So that's the prayer request. And then here's us, the church, uh, showing up. Uh, lifting you up, sister, lifting up your husband, awakening him, uh, oh Lord, and put a fire in his heart to keep fighting. Your family has been on my prayers, destroy divorce, Lord, don't give up, God will restore our marriages. And they keep we'll coming. see a miracle. And they just, yeah, and there's just so many of them. I love this, because this is the church yeah. as a family praying for one another like God intended us to, so good. Man, I love it. So good. Uh, I, I, uh, what's great is there are people who don't know each other, who just happen to be gathered in prayer, and they know they're a part of God's family, and they wanna lift each other up. I actually um, joined online for 21 days of prayer because I live out in Jefferson, and I have to put my daughter to school and everything like that, so I'm getting up early in the morning, and it's, it was hard for me. Here's why. I'm, uh, well, someone might disagree with this. I'm good at talking, but I'm terrible at prayer. Like, it's hard for me. It's just hard. And so uh, for 21 days, I made a uh, commitment that I, I was just gonna sit down and join, and for me, it was like training wheels of helping me ride a bike for the very first time, where now I'm like, okay, I think maybe I get it. I could do this. If I did it for 21 days, I think I can continue on, and um, maybe, by the way, if you're hearing about this and you didn't know anything about the 21 days of prayer, or you dismissed it, or you, you think it's interesting now, hey, it's all on YouTube. We have 21 straight days where we walk you through how to pray, and it is training wheels for your prayer life. Uh, not to mention the fact that every Saturday morning now we'll be gathering at 8 o'clock here at Central Campus, uh, and we invite all of our campuses to join us. And that's streamed uh, also on Saturday mornings at 8 o'clock. Yeah, on YouTube. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that, that's just a way that you can kind of jump into this yourself. Go on YouTube.com slash 12 Stone Church. And, um, but man, I've just been blown away, and I feel like it really challenges me. But uh, we have so many stories we could sh share, but let's, let's uh, specifically focus for a few minutes on re-engage, because God's been doing some unbelievable things in this marriage ministry. Uh, tell us a little right. bit. Yeah, re-engage is a 26-week uh, marriage enrichment. Uh, you know, it's, it's, I love it because it's gospel-centered. It's literally just the gospel every week. Yeah. Uh, and so ultimately, marriage problems are gospel problems. You've, you get, you know, the gospel works, and then the, it works out in a marriage. And, and uh, so we've, we're seeing unbelievable things happen. It's, a revi it's like revival in, yeah. in uh, marriages. We've had 600 couples involved in re-engage since we started. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Think about what that means. Think about how many families, think about children and, and what that means for children as marriages are being fixed and legacies and generations uh, of, of health where brokenness was uh, there. Yeah, and, and it's not just for people who would say they're on a scale of one to 10 at a one or two or three. Like, there are families and stories, and we'll share some, well, we probably won't have time to share all of them, but stories about people who are six and sevens moving up to eights and nines. And I will say this, at, at the beginning, they literally have you rate your marriage, and then at the end of the, class, of the course, they have you rate your marriage. And literally, 100% of the people have improved their marriages as a, as a result of re-engage, which is awesome. So, if you're looking to improve your marriage, I won't ask for a raise of hands, but you should put your hand up. Uh, that is an option for you, guaranteed success, if you stick with it, which is awesome. But share some stories you've been hearing, Jason. Um, yeah, one of, the, one of the cool stories, it was just uh, two weeks ago, I believe, the Flower Branch campus wrapped up their, their uh, last re-engage class. Here's a picture of all the folks uh, yes. that just went through that re-engage class. And, and one of the cards at the end of the re-engage class just simply said this, it's a simple statement 
Reengage took divorce off the table for us. Just yeah. as simple, they came into it discussing, what are we gonna do yeah. with this? And Jesus just rescued that marriage before it, before it, even, it even broke up. And there's another couple from, I think it was Bethlehem. the Bethlehem campus, yeah. wasn't yeah. it? Um, Rick and Judy, and they were on the road to divorce. They were, they were done. Um, and on the, on the day, they were going to meet that afternoon to divide up their assets and literally start going, you take this, I'll take that. They were, I mean, it's done. Uh, they happened to show up at 12 Stone the weekend we were teaching on the Marley and Me movie. Yeah. And one of the things we taught was uh, mend it, don't end it. And Jesus sort of arrested her soul. And so Judy goes home with her husband and says, listen, we need to stop. And we need to do this re-engage thing before we end this marriage. And they jumped into re-engage. They's not, they've not missed one yet. They're falling back in love again. And Jesus is repairing a marriage. And, and think about the power of that for generations. Yeah. Generation after generation, yep. and, and I look at that, and I think, I think in 10, 20, 30 years, we're going to get thank you cards from kids, yeah. going, I didn't realize what was happening yes. in my mom and dad's life, and they tell the story of what Jesus did back in 2019, 2020, 2021, and, and I just want to say thanks, because you protected me from a fractured childhood, yeah. and uh, Jesus is doing incredible, incredible things inside our engaged. And uh, here's the reality. There are stories like this coming from all over the place. We have a CP text thread that's just people throwing out pictures and stories of, of different things that are happening. It's unbelievable what God is doing. Um, and we don't have the time, but we could share story after story of all the other ministries and what God's doing in our student ministry and specific stories of life change. The high schoolers who showed up at Buford campus for 21 days of prayer who were praying beyond the amount of time for their high school. And if you're gonna be praying for or worried about the next generation, these are the kids to be praying for because they're gonna be leading uh, 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 a reinvigoring of the Holy Spirit right. in our the next generation. And God is doing unbelievable things in college uh, uh, ministry and across the board. It's unbelievable. Yes. Yeah, and so uh, we would love to share more stories, but here's the reality. Honestly, this uh, I don't know if it sounds dramatic. I feel like this is what heaven is going to be like. It's going to be stories of... Uh, of us sitting around just sharing stories that give God glory and show, oh my word, I prayed about that. And that was, that was my friend who I talked to. I didn't even know, but you were praying for him separately. And God is weaving all of these stories of glory that we just get to celebrate God. And the more opportunity we have to share these stories, I don't know if this will happen again. Uh, he's, looking, he's looking pretty deadpan at me. But uh, <laughs> hey, I just am honored at the opportunity because here's the reality. We could be sharing your story next time, all right? If you're sitting here and you're at a one and a two of your prayer life or your marriage or whatever it might be, it could be that in six months we're sharing your story because God's broken through in your life. So uh, that's, that's all the time I have. So uh, he's cutting my mic. But I'm super excited for Super Bowl to be able to celebrate what God's doing, and we know that he has more to do. That's why Kevin is taking the second half. And so in kind of a Super Bowl fashion, as we close out the first half and head into the second half, I wanted to play one of my personal favorite uh, commercials that I've seen recently. So as we prepare for Pastor Kevin, take a look at this Super Bowl commercial. Well, we did it. We see all the bad out and the good in. Take a second and look around you. Go ahead. We have everything we've always wanted. We'll want for nothing. Excuse me. I really love it here. Thank you. Um, we have all these beautiful avocados from Mexico, but where are the chips? I'm sorry? Oh, no. The chips. The chips are outside. Why are they outside? The chips are outside! I want a Chris Elliott autograph. Hi. <laughs> Wait, 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 wait! Please, avocados taste great 
Wi-Fi's down. No, 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 Avocados from Mexico. Okay, thank you, Travis. That's a lot of fun. Thank you, guys. But you know, it seems to me if Travis gets to throw to one of his favorite Super Bowl commercials, I should get to do the same. So check it out. Oldie but a goodie. Yes, sir. How many of you remember that one? I mean, Doritos and Super Bowl, they just go together like a great marriage. It's a lot of Doritos. That's a lot of fun in 30 seconds. So here we are at the second half. Welcome. We're, we're going to talk through this celebration of a new season. See, tomorrow starts the new season for all the NFL teams. It's one of the coolest things is what happens after the Super Bowl, and that's tomorrow. And it literally happens for every team. And here it is. Every team gets to zero out their losses. Have you ever thought about that? Like tomorrow they all go 0-0. Now, now they all have hope for next year's Super Bowl. Can you imagine how, how awful it would be to carry your losses forward? Think about our hometown Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> if they have to be like nine losses starting next September. I mean, that is an anchor around your neck. But they don't have to. Because the rules of a new season are, you get your losses zeroed out. That is so awesome. And you might be catching on why I'm saying that. Because that is what God did for us through Jesus. God makes it possible for us to have our losses zeroed out. Check this out. Here it is in Lamentations. But, I, uh, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. I have what, everybody? I have hope. Man, I, I, I have hope for what's coming ahead. Why? What is true of God? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new, brand new. Every morning, great is your faithfulness. God's love is so steadfast that it never ceases. Never. It's eternal. And his mercies, listen, his capacity to forgive never ends. They are new. How many mornings? Every morning. How many mornings? Every morning, every morning you wake up, God's mercy is brand new. You don't have to carry the effects, the fallout, your sin, your losses forward. Every day they are zeroed out. It's new every morning. That is the beauty and the grace and the kindness of God. Wow. I was sitting at lunch with a businessman who has a few hundred million in his bank account. And we got in a conversation about plans in life, and he's, he's a good planner. He makes good business plans and executes them, obviously. And I said, what's your plan to get to heaven? I mean, you make great plans. 
He said, well, I believe in God. It's because anybody who's planned anything can figure out this world isn't here by accident. You don't get all this functioning like, oh, that accidentally happened. He says, oh, I know there's a God. And he said, yeah, I've messed up like anybody else. I mean, I got sin, mistakes, losses. He said, but, but my plan is to do some good works. I mean, I'm doing good stuff. And he told me some of the things he's doing. I said, so let me get it right. Your plan is to do some good things, some good works, and, you're, and that good work stuff is going to balance off and, and the, your sin and your mistakes and your losses, and that's going to take it up. Yep, that's my plan. Interesting. Did you know that God has a plan and only saints go to heaven? And only Jesus can make you a saint. A hundred million won't buy your way to heaven. Good works won't make you a saint. And, and so since we're in this little Super Bowl NFL day, I'll say it in these terms. Uh, with my confession, I am not a fan of the New Orleans Saints. I'm just going to get it off my chest. I, I, I'm not. Uh, it is a good day when the Falcons win. It is a better day when the Saints lose. That's just, that's just me. It's okay. Um, you know, I, but I got, I got a level of maturity that can reach higher. And Drew Brees, the uh, quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, he's going to go to heaven. And listen, he, listen, he's not going to go to heaven because New Orleans made him a saint. <laughs> he's going to go to heaven because Jesus made him a saint. You, you got to know the difference. Just, just listen in. Here's his story for three minutes. It's, it's a good story. You go to Sunday school. Um, you enjoy hearing the, the, the Bible stories. And then you go uh, to you know, the, big, the big sermon, the big church. And you sit there and I'm just, you know, me and my brother just kind of hitting each other, just wondering when it's going to get over. <laughs> the second to last game of the season, third round of the playoffs, um, I was the starting quarterback. Um, I suffered a torn ACL in my knee. It was devastating, devastating for me. Junior high school too, this was when you're supposed to get recruited and just all of these things. I had to wait to have surgery for a month because they had to let the MCL heal before they repaired the ACL and then I was still on crutches and it was just... I'd hit that point. I had seen friends have that injury and never come back quite the same. So what I thought was just gonna be my life, sports, I felt like was being stripped away from me. And I remember sitting in church on my 17th birthday and sitting in that same pew where my brother and I used to just goof around and never pay attention. And for some reason that day, it was different. And I was locked in um, on the pastor as he was sitting there talking about how the Lord was looking for a few good men to carry on his kingdom to spread his word and to live the life that, that he had planned for them. And that spoke to me. And it was at that moment that I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart and knew that there was something that was bigger planned for me than just sports. My wife and I were taking a visit to uh, New Orleans, uh, who was six months post Katrina. And we're just looking at the, the sheer devastation and just saying, I'm not gonna trust what I see with my eyes here because my eyes are telling me not to come here. <laughs> and yet my heart, my soul, the Lord is telling me that this is our calling. Uh, it's not about just coming to play football and be a part of the resurgence of a, a football team or an organization, but it's about the resurrection and rebirth of a city and we can be a part of that.
score, the Colts are driving, we get the interception, we go score, now we're up 14 with three minutes left, and yet you're still thinking, I know Peyton Manning, I know this, this team. In your mind, you're going through all these scenarios of what you're going to have to do still, and then we get the ball back um, to basically take a knee to win the game, and it wasn't until that moment that, all right, we are world champions. We as, as people, we want to see and touch and feel in order for it to be real for us. And yet, 2 Corinthians 5-7 will tell you, you'll be led by faith and not by sight. You know, so much of life is that. It's, it's faith in God, knowing that he's got a plan. And at times you don't understand it, and you're not going to see it. Um, and yet, you just have to trust and you have to have faith. So God has a plan, and Drew said, uh, I accepted Jesus. I received him in my heart, and, and that's what made Drew a saint, and did you hear what else he said? I mean, I know he was 17 at the time, end of his high school years, but he said, man, there's, there's more to life than just business, than sports. I mean, he was 17 at the time. And you can say, oh, well, he's a 17-year-old come to Jesus. All right, that's just, that's because he's young and it doesn't matter. No, he's, he's still talking about Jesus as a man. He's still talking about Jesus as a husband and as a father. He's still talking about Jesus as an NFL player, as a Super Bowl-winning player. He's, he's made his $100 million and he's still talking about Jesus because he's figured out that if you don't follow God's plan, you don't become a saint. So what's God's plan? Well, grab your teaching notes. Cross campuses online. Jot this down. I'll give you four things that are kind of the X's and the O's, if you will, when it comes to how does Jesus make you a saint? And, and you can write this down. The first thought is sin has a debt. The second thought is the debt is death. So, so you got to get that. You got to understand sin, and we all have sin. Sin has a debt. Eternally before God, our sin is great loss. And that sin, debt, is death. Romans 6 tells us the consequence or the payment for our sin is death. Like you work for a job and then you get a paycheck. And you're like, hey, I want my paycheck. I earned this. So what do you earn for your sin? The paycheck for your sin is death. Whew. Death as in... Death to your relationship with God, you're separated. Death physically, we're all going to die. And physically, we're never designed to die. And death eternally, forever, forever separated from him. That's a heavy toll of, of, of debt. Our firstborn son, Josh, uh, when he graduated college, he had $15,000 of debt. And only after graduation and trying to get a job and get married and manage the, the finances of life, does he understand how great a weight that is and um, how that is kind of an anchor uh, around your neck and how that tends to drag you down. And I, I understood it. His mom understood it. We got married, and when she graduated, the two of us combined had $20,000 in debt, a college debt, and that was back in the, the mid-'80s. And that, if you rush that forward, that you know, equal dollars today is like being $48,000 in debt. And that was such an anchor on us. I thought, oh, man, um, 
That stuff drags you down. That's what sin does. It drags you down. You know, it drags you down into an empty life. Into putting your identity in empty things. So you put your identity in your job title or in your accomplishments. You put your identity in your sexual urges. Here's my identity. You put your identity in social status or popularity. You do that long enough, you figure out how empty this is. Instead of putting your identity in the God who created you. I mean, you were created for God and by God. You are magnificent before God, created in his image. He has a purpose for you. But you got to join his plan. And sin drags you down. I mean, it drags you down in your relationships. We have all these high hopes for, for friendship and marriage and family, and yet there's so much disappointment, division, and destruction, and divorce, and loss. And that's what sin does. And we want great health, but sin brings illness and disease and ultimately death. It, it, sin drags you to hell. I mean, these, these are the realities of it all. So, so sin has a debt, and the debt is death. But Jesus, say it with me, who? Jesus, see, this is all because of Jesus now. We put on that, 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 that vision tree because of Jesus. Here's the deal. Jesus paid our death debt. That's what he did. His sacrifice. See, our firstborn, Josh, he had that debt, and Marcia and I, we, we wanted to help. And so at great personal sacrifice which doesn't need details, but we made different decisions in life financially, and we began to put resources away uh, because we wanted to free our son up. And so with our sacrifice and a lot of effort, uh, we chose to pay off his $15,000. Now stay with me. When we did that, it freed him up. And by the way, we didn't pay that off with Doritos, we didn't, it wasn't 15,000 Doritos, it was $15,000. Because the debt wasn't Doritos, it was dollars. Listen, the guy I'm sitting across the table with him, he can't pay off his sin debt by good works because the debt is not works. The debt is death. That's why works will never pay off the sin debt. Just like Doritos don't pay off dollars. So God in his love for us, greater than any love Marsha and I would have for our own son, his love for you is so great, he sent his one and only son, Jesus, second person of the Trinity, eternally existent, who leaves heaven, sets aside his glory, suspends it, comes to earth, and God, everywhere present, almighty God, inhabits a human body and is limited by time and space. Jesus, Merry Christmas, and he comes to be with us. And he grows up and he lives a life of obedience to model what it means to be in relationship with God the Father who created us and find our identity in him and get our purpose on track by his grace. And Jesus, who never sinned, Therefore, never should have died. He voluntarily died on the cross to cover our sin debt. See, his death didn't apply to his sin because he never sinned. So, Easter, he dies on the cross. He rises from the dead. The Father raises him from the dead. And God tells us, listen, I just paid your sin debt. Now you can be forgiven. Now you can be set free. Look at it in Scripture. 
Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. The times of refreshing may come from the Lord. See, you can have a restored relationship. Times of refreshing come from the Lord because your sins are wiped out. They're what, everybody? Wiped out. Say it again. They're what? Wiped out. And now with some energy and gratitude, they're what? Wiped out. I mean, like, like God's mercies are new every morning. You don't carry your sin forward. It's wiped out. We should be blown away. That, that's why in this order of thoughts that sin has a debt and the debt is death and Jesus paid our death debt, we come to you who have to repent and receive Jesus. Repent meaning it's, it's literally a military term. God is this direction and this would be walking toward God. And so you're walking away from God. That's what sin is. And repent means to do an about face. It's to turn to God. And, and what you do in that turning is you repent. You turn from your sin. The sin of pretending you are God. You're not God of your life. The sin of pretending that you get to define truth. When you come to Jesus... You no longer lean into your truth. You surrender it. It's his truth that is truth. Well, I got my own truth. Not anymore. His truth. Not your man-made religion, but Jesus' plan. And by the way, this isn't just one knee down. This is two knees down. So when Drew says, I, I received Christ, he became a saint through Jesus. Literally, biblically, the word saint in the Greek means consecrated to God. It means to be made holy. That's why when you read scripture, you find verses like this, Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ to all the, what everybody, saints, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, all the saints in Christ Jesus. He makes us a saint. So Drew said yes to Jesus. What about you? It's Super Bowl Sunday. Maybe you're sitting here across the campuses online in this room and you're a little bit like Drew when he said, whatever, is this over yet? Fine. Then what happens next? You don't care about. But maybe this is the moment where you wake up spiritually and you realize that your plan will never deal with your losses or your sin. It takes the plan Jesus made. And to repent and receive him looks something like this kind of prayer that Probably very similar to what Drew would have prayed. Heavenly Father, I know I was made by you and for you and that my sin separates me from you and leads to death. But thank you, Jesus, for covering my sin debt. Please forgive me as I turn from my sinful life. Thank you for restoring me as your child. Help me to walk with you daily. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, God has been working and drawing you to himself. If you have any sense that it's finally time. See, some of you might be quite religious. You might be going to church for a long time, but never two knees down surrender. Men, we have a way of being so hard-hearted as if we're God unto ourselves. Maybe this is your moment, the most manly thing you can do. Ladies, moms, wives, singles, students, if the Spirit of God is drawing you, then we're gonna read this prayer one more time, only we're gonna read it aloud across the campuses online. Everybody read this with me, loud with passion. But as we read it together, for some of you, this is your prayer of surrender to receive Jesus in your heart, just like Drew did. So let's join together in reading this prayer. Everybody join with me, but for some of you, this is your day to be spiritually born. Read with me aloud, everyone. Heavenly Father, 
I know I was made by you and for you, and that my sin separates me from you and leads to death. Thank you, Jesus, for covering my sin debt. Please forgive me as I turn from my sinful life. Thank you for restoring me as your child. Help me to walk with you daily. In Jesus' name, amen. And what does all of heaven do if even one steps in the kingdom? Absolutely. We celebrate with you. We just want it to be known that the presence of God is here. And the presence of God wants to refresh your hearts today. The presence of God wants to refresh your soul today. To give you joy and peace beyond all understanding. So let's lift our voices. Let's worship him. He's worthy of all that and more. Let's give it to him this morning. Yes, we worship you. Let's sing. I give you glory for all you brought me through. And now I'm ready for whatever you want to do. I'm moving forward to follow after you. Yes, we believe. 